pray together. Our Father, we pray tonight as we prepare our hearts to hear your word from Romans 5, verse 8, where you say that you've demonstrated your love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Father, we pray that you would help us to believe the truth of that verse and to believe in the power of your love. We pray that that we would inhale in our spiritual bones the truth that your love has freed us from our sin in Christ. And Father, we are aware that even as we sing about your love and hear a sermon preached about your love, the devil is here wanting us to doubt your love. So Father, we pray that you would silence the devil tonight. We pray that you would shut him up and remind him that Jesus' feet are still on his throat. For the cross is empty and the tomb is empty because of your love for us. So Lord, please speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Love is powerful. There are many things in my life that I love. I love, of course, Jesus. I love my family, my friends. I love Pastor Jamal. But I also love this church. I love this church. And I love the University of Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. When I walk into Rupp Arena, it's a true story, I get chills down my spine. I am moved in my affections in ways that watching the Cardinals does not move me (laughs) because of my love for them. But God's love is greater. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Paul says, so now faith, hope, and love remain. But the greatest of these is love. The Bible describes love in many ways. And one way it describes God's love is as a sacrificial action. Modeled after God's love and Jesus' love for us. John 3.16 says, after all, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. The main point of Romans chapter 5 verse 8 is about God's love. And there Paul says that God demonstrates his love for us by sending Jesus to die for our sins. We are all sinners. We are all sons and daughters of Adam. We were conceived in sin because of Adam's transgression. And when we were born, we were born into sin. We committed acts of sin. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which means that everyone has failed to give God the honor that he deserves. 
But Paul says God's greatest act of love was demonstrated for us in our sin when he sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins. He raised him from the dead so that the result of Jesus' death and the result of God's love for us is we we are justified by faith. We're right with God. We're reconciled to God. And we will be saved from God's wrath. And these things are true for all of those who turn from their sins and trust in Jesus Christ by faith and received the gift of love by faith. So notice in verse 8 again, Paul says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you notice that Paul said, that God showed his love for us not while we were perfect. Did you notice that? Not while we were good, but while we were sinners. In fact, he says, while we were still sinners. That God did not choose to withhold his love from us because of our sin. But he sent his son, Jesus, and Jesus voluntarily came because of their love for us in our sin. So that Jesus would die on the cross for our sin and give us the gift of salvation by faith in Christ. Paul discusses God's love in Romans 5.8 in the context of telling us that we have hope in suffering. So let me say a word about the context of Romans 5.8 for a moment. In verses 1 and 4 of Romans 5, Paul says, we have hope in suffering and peace with God because we have been justified by faith, because we have been made right with God. Then in verse 5, he says, our hope, our confidence in God's salvation by faith in Christ will not put us to shame in the day of judgment because we have been justified by faith in Christ When we stand before God in the judgment, our faith in Christ will not put us to shame in the judgment. It will not dishonor us in the judgment because our faith is associated with Jesus Christ, who is the reason that we're justified by faith. Paul says in verses 6 through 11 that the reason that we have hope in suffering is because Jesus died for our sins. Verse 6, for example, he says, Christ died for the ungodly while we were still weak, which means that when we were sinners, that's what the ungodly refers to, the ungodly and the weak refers to the same group, refers to those who are sinners, those who have failed to honor God to the degree that he deserves. Those who are in Adam, which is all of us, all of humanity, because of Adam's transgression, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, we have all sinned and we all participate in sin by committing acts of transgression. And God sent Jesus to die while we were still sinners. And then in verse 7, Paul says, that was not normal. He says, rarely would someone die for a good person. Perhaps someone would die for a righteous person. But God shows his love for us like this, verse 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In Paul's world, there was a noble death, 
a patriotic death, a martyr's death. Someone would die for a good cause, a good person, a good thing. The righteous normally did not die for the unrighteous. But Jesus, in verse 8, Paul says, demonstrates God's love for us. That Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. Notice in verse 8 again, he says, But God demonstrates his love for us in that he sent Jesus to die for us. Did you notice, by the way, in verse 8, Paul says, God shows, look at verse 8 again, he shows his own love for us in the death of his son. This is not the normal kind of love. This is not the love of a political ally. This is God's very own love. Well, what is God's own love? Paul says a similar thing in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. After stating in verses 1 through 4 that we are dead in trespasses and sins and headed toward eternal destruction, Paul says these very encouraging words in Ephesians 2, 5. But God, because of His great love with which He loved us, Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. God showed his love by sending Jesus to rescue us from our sin, to redeem us from our sin, to deliver us from slavery to sin. Jesus took upon himself our judgment, our penalty, our sin debt, so that we would receive the righteousness of God in Christ by faith. God's love is bigger and better and different than any other expression of love that you may experience because his love deals with our sin And he gives his love to undeserving sinners. Brothers and sisters, just inhale that truth tonight in your souls. Amen? That God in Christ has manifested his love for you. In the death of his son. Nothing, and I mean nothing, can come close to comparing with God's love for sinners. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things pertaining to salvation? This is what Paul basically says in verses 9 and 10 of Romans chapter 5. He says that because God demonstrated his love for us through the sending of his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that as a result of Jesus' death for our sins, we are therefore justified by faith, saved from God's wrath, and reconciled to God if we receive his love by faith. Let me say a word about each of these very quickly. First, verse 9, notice Paul says, we were justified by Jesus' blood. To be justified basically means th- there's no condemnation. 
For those who are in Christ Jesus, it it means that God has acted on your behalf and Jesus has acted on your behalf by God sending Jesus to die as your substitute. And on the cross of Jesus Christ, Jesus is receiving the wrath of God, the judgment of God. He is being treated as the unjust one, although he is the just one. He is functioning as our substitute, willingly functioning as our substitute, bearing God's wrath for us, becoming one of us yet without sin, so that we would be counted righteous in Christ by faith. Everything that Jesus has, God reckons it, credits it, transfers it to our spiritual debt by faith in Christ because God reckoned to Jesus' account on the cross our sin, our debt, our penalty for our sin. And we, brothers and sisters, by faith in Christ, are not guilty anymore. Second, Paul says in verse 9 that he saved us from God's wrath. Therefore, how much more, verse 9, because we are justified by His blood, we will be saved from wrath. I think he means saved from God's wrath. The wrath of God in Romans is complex, but one way in which Paul talks about the wrath of God is he points us to a future day of wrath that's reserved for all of those who reject Christ at the end of history. And when Jesus returns from heaven to earth, he's going to pour out the tsunami of God's wrath. And that wrath will be more severe than anything seen in the Old Testament, more severe than Sodom and Gomorrah, more severe than the flood. But every single believer, everyone who is trusting in Jesus by faith, we brothers and sisters right now are saved from God's wrath because we are justified by faith, by his blood, and we therefore will be saved from God's wrath when Jesus returns. Your salvation means something. Have you ever asked yourself, from what am I saved? You're saved from sin and all of its power over your life. And you're saved from God's wrath. And that salvation has broken in this present world right now by faith and by the indwelling presence and power of the Spirit. Romans 5.5. And then third, Paul says that we were reconciled to God because of his death. Verse 10, he says, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Reconciliation is basically friendship. Notice the language here. On the one hand, before we were Sons and daughters of God in Christ, we were God's enemies. God was our judge. But in Christ Jesus, God is now our friend. Do you feel that this evening? God is our friend. We are reconciled to God. There's reconciliation. There's friendship. There's peace. Romans 5.1. What is that peace? That peace is friendship. God is no longer, he's no longer going to reserve us for a day of wrath because he's reserved that day of wrath for his son on the cross. But in Christ Jesus, we are friends. We are reconciled. We're no longer enemies. So two applications of this truth. One, Christians It is okay to say amen tonight. Good Friday is good because God loves us. 
He reveals this love through Jesus' death on the cross for our sins. He loves us in many ways. He gives us sunshine. He gives us rain. gives us food. But he's chiefly manifested his love through the death of his son. Perhaps tonight you're carrying a lot. Maybe you're hurting because of church hurt. Maybe God's love seems distant to you. Maybe you're hurting because of constant struggles with sin, with life, with work or school, friends or peer pressure, stress, anxiety, depression, sickness, financial pressures, loneliness, disappointment, doubt, or many other reasons. Perhaps tonight you don't feel in your spiritual bones the reality of God's love. But brothers and sisters, be encouraged tonight. God has written you a beautiful love letter. He has written you the love letter of the cross and the resurrection. So look to the cross, for there our God has written to us the letter of salvation which manifests our love. There on the cross, he has demonstrated to us that his love is bigger and better than any sorrow that we feel. And sorrows are real. That God's love breaks into our sorrow. And the goodness of Good Friday is there because of the hope of the resurrection coming on Sunday. And, and it breaks in and it, it, it lifts us up and reminds us of God's love. Just feel this tonight. If you are a believer, your sins are forgiven. That's how much God loves you. Inhale that in your spiritual bones tonight. If you are a believer... You are justified by faith. You are right with God. When you die, you go to be with Jesus. Because you are a believer, you are reconciled to God. That's how much God loves you. He reconciles you to himself through his son. He pays your debt for you through Christ. Because you are a believer... He loves you so much that he is no longer your judge, but your father. Oh yes, we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But because God is our father and Jesus is our savior and the spirit is our comforter, we are safe, brothers and sisters, in the loving arms of a heavenly father. Inhale that tonight. If you doubt that, Fight against that doubt with the truth of God's love from Romans 5.8. Romans 8, verse 35, for example. And no one, Paul says, can separate believers from Christ's love. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know what? Christ loves you too. <laughs> and the Spirit loves you too. The Holy Trinitarian God loves you. Second, non-believers. If you're not a Christian tonight, God loves you too. God so loved the world that he gave his son so that you would believe and would not perish but have eternal life. And if you turn from your sins tonight, if you don't know Christ, 
and you ask Jesus to come into your life and to save you, you call upon the name of the Lord the best way you know how, I promise you the Lord Jesus will save you. If you turn from your sin and you, you, you don't have to know all the answers or have everything figured out, nobody has it all figured out. The mystery of the cross, the song says, I cannot comprehend the agony at Calvary. You don't have to have it all figured out. But what you do need is to take a step of faith tonight. So turn from your sin right now in your seat and receive God's love. Brothers and sisters, God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we can rejoice in his death. And we can rejoice that Friday is good because God loves us. And as an old preacher said, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's gloomy and it's dark. But as Pastor Jamal will preach Sunday, there is life on Sunday morning. Because of God's love for us, our Passion Friday is good. Because both the cross and the tomb are empty. Amen. Let's pray. Hi, I'm Jamal Williams, lead pastor of Sojourn Midtown. Thanks for listening. At Midtown, we value gospel-centeredness, biblical faithfulness, transformative relationships, diverse fellowship, creativity in the arts, and relentless mission. For more sermons, info about our church, visit sojournchurch.com slash midtown.